Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back in to rookie season here at the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Matt Okada, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast is with you to kick off rookie season. If you missed January, you got to go back. You got to check it out, man. We did the tiers for the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and that's all fun and good. But, fellas, there's nothing better than arguing about uh, a 4-3-4-40 four, four, versus a 4-3-9-40. I mean, it just makes all the difference in the world. So we'll talk about all that stuff over the next several months. But check in with the co-hosts today, Okada, John, boys. How we doing? How are you guys doing after your week-long rookie uh, tape grind oh. session that you had for, what, four days in a row? It has been splendid. I had several days off this week thanks to Commissioner Roger Goodell, and I spent all of all of them watching tape, except for Thursday where I went to the zoo. But other than that, it's been all tape. I've got, uh, I believe, like 32 players worth of notes now. It is going swimmingly. Love it. Yes, it is. Uh, it's been delightful. I have been... Uh, joining in on some of that film watching and then doing some of my own. I'm, I'm about the same. I'm at like, I think 36 uh, players of eval at this point. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling organized. I'm feeling like I've got a good handle on a lot of this class so far. And uh, Betts doesn't know anything. So this is going to be great. True. This is incorrect. Uh, <laughs> I have been every night and I'll put this in air quotes for you not watching on YouTube. Uh, I've been every night spending time with the wife. She's going to kill me when she hears this. Uh, where <laughs> after Sunday night, she literally, it was like the sweetest thing. She like gave me a hug. She's like, you know, we made it through football season. Like, I'm really excited to spend time with you this spring. And every night this week, I've been like oh, no. watching a show, laptop open, you know, pulling up the film room. And she just looks over. Last night, I'm watching Michael Carter. She looks over. She's like, what are you watching? It's like, nothing. What do you mean? He's like, is there a game on right now? It's like, oh, no, there's not. She's like, then what is happening? Oh, <laughs> like, my gosh. She goes, are you watching footage of these players? I was like, yes, I'm watching footage yes. of these, <laughs> these players. Footage. Film, as, as the kids say. Um, so, you know, I've been I've been sneaking it in here and there where I can. And I will say, it's the start of rookie season. I am not married to the takes that I'm going to present on the show today. Uh, we, of course, mm-hmm. all are, are you know able to change. Um, look at what happened with Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year, right? Uh, so things change sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worst. But this is our, our first run of a rookie mock draft. We're going to go two rounds today. We're going to go with a super flex format. Uh, no tight end premium. Doesn't really matter a lot for this class outside of one guy. Um, so we'll go super flex, PPR if you want. Doesn't really matter a ton. But that's that's the setup for the show. The draft order is going to be as follows. Myself, who I consider mm. the 1.01 on the show. Mm. Then we got Johnny Poo. Then we have Okada after that. We will go back and forth all the way till we get the top 24 prospects. Fellas, I don't know what you want to do as far as like content and length of the analysis here because things are going to change and we're going to go into so much detail on each guy. So mm. we try to be a little quicker on each analysis of, of the, the pick, but mm-hmm. we'll give you our quick thoughts. We'll go from there. Sound good? Let's do it. Let go. All right. Start the clock. I'm on the clock at the 1.01. Again, this is super flex. I'm going to take a quarterback. And as of today, on February, what is this, 12th, my 1.01 is Trevor Lawrence. And it's an easy pick for me right now. It's an auto pick he threw today for the Jaguars. Apparently looked great. was dropping 60-yard dimes left and right. Now, granted, it was against air. But you look at a guy that was that high of a pedigree type of recruit coming out of high school, the production to win a national championship as a true freshman and from there, we know the story. So not much to say about this guy. Um, we know where he's going to play, most likely. Uh, in Jacksonville, he'll recover from off-season surgery on his non-throwing shoulder. No concerns for me. It's Trevor Lawrence. The guy's a fantastic quarterback prospect. Well, that's exciting. Um, Isn't it? Thank you for leaving me with, with my quarterback one, Justin Fields. Um, oh, okay. So that is who I am going to be taking here at the 1.02. Um it might sound spicy to you, but guys, I'm telling you, if you go and you you dig in on the two prospects, these are these are for the listeners, not not the three of us. The, the common consensus, the easy like auto pick 1.01 is Trevor Lawrence, and 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 I get that. But after doing a little bit of a dive and and really looking into things, um, 
Justin Fields has one of the best deep and out balls I've ever seen. Like it is so lethally good. Um, he does struggle a little bit at times with pocket awareness, and that's going to be something to watch going forward. But he is very, very gifted athletically. He is um, incredible when it comes to his scrambling ability and his physicality after the run. He's built. He's strong. Um, he can make any throw. He's got arm talent to spare. Um, and, and I think that that pace that he has on the ball is why he's at the 1.01 for me instead of uh, instead of Trevor Lawrence. So I'm, I'm going with Justin Fields here as an easy 1.02 pick. Arcada, over to you, man. Oh, mama. Well, this has worked out swimmingly because I get the guy that I am more and more believing that I would probably take with a 101 over both of these quarterbacks. Now, don't oh. get me wrong. Both of your guys' quarterbacks are excellent, excellent prospects. I believe they both have a very good chance to be starters at the NFL level. I love both of them. However, Devontae Smith is disgusting. If he was 15 pounds heavier, I think we might be viewing him as the best wide receiver prospect in like five plus years. And he could maybe gain that weight. He's 6'1", so he has the room to gain 10 or 15 pounds. Right now, 6'1", 175. That is the number one knock. He is a very thin man. However, the places that I would expect that to be a problem, a.k.a. fighting for contested catches and running physically... I don't see any issues. He dominates uncontested catches. He runs right into people and is physical enough to take them a couple yards. He's not afraid of contact. Everything else besides that, besides the size and the potential concerns there, is off the charts good. Route running, yes. Jump ball ability, yes. Hands, yes. Explosiveness, yes. Speed, yes. Yak, yes. He is so freaking good. Easy 103 for me. I'm, like I said, debating whether I would take him over these quarterbacks. I'm very happy to be given the 103 pick here. And you should take him several tiers above, in my opinion, any running back and any other receiver in this class. I love it. I think the consensus is running back here, right? It's Najee Harris, Travis Etienne in the community. I have Devontae Smith as my 1.01 skill position player that's not a quarterback right now. So I I love that call. Uh, He is... Going to look good in Eagles green. I will say that, hopefully. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to me at the 1.04. Uh, you took the guy that I would have loved to have taken there. Um, so I'm going to go to running back, and I'm going to take Najee Harris. Now, I to me, this man went back to school, and, and you can say what you want about the analytics community and should these guys declare early and the hit rates of guys that are seniors that come out, all that stuff. Throw it in the garbage. Najee Harris is a damn good running back, led the country in rushing touchdowns, third in the country in rushing yards, first in the SEC in rushing yards. And you can say what you want about Alabama and how they just produce backs. They do, right? You look at the guys that have been there. But his production profile from an analytics standpoint, you just it, it doesn't make sense. It's comparing apples to oranges because he played behind future NFL talent every single year he was there until he got his chance. And when he did, he was a good running back. We know the top predictor, of success for running backs is just when you're on the field, can you produce? Yes. This guy is a fantastic pass catching back for his size, super agile. I know Okada's not as sold maybe on Najee, but I love him. I think he's a dream fit for a couple NFL franchises. And, you know, no doubt that this is like Jonathan Taylor's situation where he goes to a place, they're taking him to be the starter. You know, he's going to be the, the starter in 2021. So I do like him quite a bit. Um, if anyone wanted to take him at 1.01, I would have zero arguments about that. I think he is an absolute Stud running back. Mm. <laughs> Okada doesn't agree. I do not, but I'll save that for the breakdowns on these players when we get to them. Okay, fair enough. The 1.05 um, to me starts getting complicated. Um, there are a lot of different directions that you can go here. Um I'm in agreement with Okada that Devonta Smith is the clear-cut wide receiver one um, and the first skill player off the board. I, I totally agree. Um, I am debating between two players here. I'm going to stick with running back, and I'm going to go with Javonta Williams. Um, Javante is a stud. 
Um, he, to me, is very close to Najee Harris. I need to go back and watch more Najee Harris. It's possible that I have Javante Williams as my running back one in this class. Um, the guy can break, the guy can break tackles. The guy can break tackles with ease. Like it is sick. The first guy never gets him down and it's never even close. It's like, okay, here's that linebacker. And we know that he's not going to make the tackle. So who's the next guy? Like, that's what it's like watching this dude run. Um, he is fluid. He is easy. He is agile. He has a prototypical running back build. What's he like? 5'10", 215. 220 i think he's 220 um very prototypical size but great agility as well um he can catch incredibly well easy hands um he's a three down back he's great at uh pass protection as well he is a complete back um and i love him and i love Najee too but these two are close to me they're easily in the same tier talent wise um and javante williams is a, a grown man and i'm excited to see him in a three down role the Travis Etienne truthers are yelling at their their phone. I don't now. care. Come at me. Get <laughs> uh, I do not have Javante Williams and Najee Harris close, unfortunately, unlike John. Javante Williams, it's way better than Najee Harris. <laughs> so I really like this pick. Uh, I'm actually, I, I really like it not only because I think he's the best running back in this class, and I, I think I'm more even confident in that than John, and so I like yeah. the fact that you picked him here. But I like it because it enables me to, without hesitation or question, take the pick yes. that I want. And I was hoping you would take Javante so that I would feel okay taking this player instead of my number one running back. It is Kyle Pitts. Yes, it is. Tight end out of Florida. Yes, it is. Oh, my. Oh, my heavens. Last time we podcasted, y'all, it was the tight end uh, rankings. And we said, we got to put Kyle Pitts in here because even though he we, we aren't ranking rookies, we weren't ranking rookies on these shows, he is clearly going to be sliding into the middle, probably, of these rankings very quickly. And most of what I said on that show, or what we all said, really, was based off of a, a lot of the hype. But I had a chance to now watch him this week. Yes, please. Yes, please. Oh, my goodness. So much. This guy is a big wide receiver, bigger than any wide receiver, but as talented as a, a very large portion of wide receivers that are smaller than him, normal size wide receivers, but he plays tight end. He is going to be a 1,200-yard, 10-touchdown tight end at some point in his career. I have very little hesitation saying that. So to get a guy in the first round of my rookie draft who I expect to be Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, like Darren Waller, maybe at the like floor, you could say. Floor is good. Uh, okay, I mean, if that's the case, you're taking this guy 1.01 and you're giving up well, a ton to get the 1.01. Technically, he could bust. So in that okay. sense, it's not his floor. But if he doesn't bust, I think he's Darren Waller to Darren Waller floor to number one tight end ceiling. Yeah. I, I tweeted out a, a film thread on him, uh, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago now, um, and I said that the ceiling for Kyle Pitts is easily, like his ceiling, no question about it, is the best tight end in the NFL. That is easily within the range of outcomes for Kyle Pitts. He's the second best pass catcher, like including tight ends and wide receivers in this class for me behind Devonta Smith. I agree. Also, uh, I was just going to be a hard bet. I think he is... Well, to your point, I actually told John when we were watching the tape, I think I have a, a I'm leaning towards him being the number two skill position player for me. Possible. So I might consider him <laughs> near 101. I don't hate it. I do you not hate it. Will. Okay, fellas, the time has come. I know you boys do not like Jamar Chase. I'm nope. going to take him here. At the Good. what point? What pick is this? This is the one point oh seven. Kind of you, bet. Yes. Thanks for uh, doing it, so I don't have to. Part of the reason was for that. The other part is like if if we didn't talk about this player in this light, in terms of like, is he too high? Is he too low? You know, you guys would have just been like, I'm not taking this guy. I'm not taking this guy. I'm not taking this guy. And all of a sudden, it's like <laughs> the one point twelve, and they're taking Jamar Chase, which is just not realistic. He's a first round rookie pick, in my opinion. Now, there are yellow flags with this player. I'm not saying that from an analytics perspective. We saw him play one season, basically, 
with the best offense that ever existed in college football with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Elair, yada, 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 yada. You guys know the story. But there is something to be said about his ability to produce with an NFL star across the field from him. Enough that he can kind of coexist with that type of offense. So I like Jamar Chase. I think he's uh, a really explosive playmaker. I don't think he's the most nuanced route runner. I think there is a ton that he needs to work on at the NFL level. But for me, this is an upside type of pick with a guy who, you know, we're going to talk about these things in the future, but breakout age, 19 years old when he was doing what he was doing against like 20 and 21 year olds. Like he just was, it was just like the light years above those guys. So that matters to me, at least in some aspects. I'm not in love with this player. I've seen people rank him at the 1.01 in this class where it's like, oh, you have Smith over Jamar Chase. How could you? It's, yeah. I'm not there. I'm not saying that. But to me, he is a first round pick. And I think at the 1.07, that's pretty good value for a guy that has, in my opinion, pretty good upside. Okay. Um, I'll allow it. Thank you very much. With this being a super flex draft that we are doing, I'm going to take the third quarterback here and I'm going to take Zach Wilson. Ooh. Ooh, out nice. of BYU, um, who Okada and I just watched about an hour ago. Um, I like him a lot. I was watching him, and Okada can vouch for me. I said it about a dozen times. I was like, he just looks like Baker Mayfield. Like, he looks exactly like Baker to me, but I think that he's a better passer than Baker is. Um, he is very agile. He's very explosive in the run game when a play breaks down and he takes off. Um, it's very, very good. He is right up there, I think, with Justin Fields in the rushing ability when a play breaks down. Um, there are some concerns for me in terms of arm strength. He's not a, you know, rocket launcher of a quarterback, but his ball placement is very, very solid. Um, I think if this wasn't a class where you're looking at Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, then he would easily be considered for, you know, the quarterback one or quarterback two. In, in any given draft class. Um, I think he's a very talented guy. And what last year taught me is to not sleep on quarterbacks that aren't going with the one or two pick with like a Justin Herbert type of pick where he mm. just kept falling and falling and falling. Um, and I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm going to take another quarterback in Superflex where I think he has a very high ceiling. Um, and I'm going to take that in the Superflex in the middle to late. This is 1.08. A one point away for the third quarterback off the board. Yeah, I'll take that every time. Do you think he so in your opinion, just so people can compare, because I don't want people to get lost in the weeds of like, oh, this is the Justin Herbert of next year. Who is the better rookie coming out of school? Would you say it was Herbert or is it Wilson? Hmm. Based off of college production and tape. I, I personally like lean State Herbert. Better. I like Wilson Ooh. State better than I like Herbert. And I was okay. high on Herbert. For, for our you were. last year. That's true. Um, All right. I like Wilson that makes this pick. Yeah, it makes this pick even better then. Okay, I like it. I haven't watched a ton of Zach Wilson, but I do agree he can get out of the pocket and make plays happen, which is always tons of fun, especially yep. for fantasy. Okada, back to you, man. All right, I am a bit torn here, and I am torn between the player that I want to take here because I think he should have been taken already, but I know. may not need to and hope I can get coming back. And the player that I more likely need to take here in order to get him on my very critical roster uh, that I'm building right now. I'm going to go ahead and take that player. I think there's a good chance I lose my option on the other guy, but I can still talk about him. Oh, come on, John. All right, you know what? Screw you then. I'm going to take him. Yeah. Get out of my face. I'm taking Tylen Wallace. Yeah. 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 I like it. If you're listening to this podcast, and Guys, I'll you, just take all the notes, by the way. Don't don't worry about it. I, I got Perfect. It. And you don't know who Tylen Wallace is. I would not blame you because he is not getting anywhere close to the hype that most of the other receivers that not only have been picked already, but even several that have not been picked yet in this mock draft are getting. He is the number two wide receiver in this draft class, and I don't think it's particularly close. My number three guy is a bit behind him, and the gap between him and Devontae Smith is also pretty large. But then after that number three slot at wide receiver, I think there's a huge drop-off. And I think the gap between Tylen and my number three guy, who will probably get picked soon, so I'll mention who that is when we get there, is, is pretty significant. I freaking love Tylen Wallace. Literally, the, let, let, let me give you this just brief insight, Okay. I have this gigantic Word doc that has all of my notes on all of my uh, players that I'm scouting. 
Everyone has the player's name, the, the rookie draft round area that I want them to go to after I watch the tape or think they should go to, some stats, and then I start having all my scouting notes. And every other player, when you get into the scouting notes, it just sounds like a scouting a breakdown. You know, good adjustable ability, good, uh, very good route running, uh, adequate hands, things like that. Good football player. My first note on <laughs> Tylen Wallace, and he's the only one that has a note like this, is literally in all caps, love him. <laughs> yes. I, this is my Brandon Ayuk from last year, except Tylen Wallace is better than Brandon Ayuk. Yes, yes. By possibly a good amount. We'll talk a lot more when we break down when we go through every player out of every position that is significant and break them down about just what I see on tape. But I see just about everything that I could want to see. I have literally the only weakness I have in about 20 bullets worth of notes is that he exclusively lined up at the right X for Oklahoma State. He only lined up outside on the right. It was very strange. I don't know why. But he showed me everything I needed to see to believe that he can line up elsewhere in the NFL and be great. So when I don't we were, really freak out about that. Let me put it this way. When we were watching Tylen Wallace film together, we kept watching more games after our analysis was done because it was so damn fun yes, to watch. That's it true. It was just a blast. We're like, I'm good here. You good? Yeah, well, let's just watch one more. And we just wanted <laughs> to keep going because we're just losing our minds over what he's doing. Um, and one of the things that I said was for DK Metcalf, it was the three cone drill that kept mm. him down people's boards for Tylen Wallace. It's the lining up at the right X and neither one matters to me. And the fact like that he hasn't had crazy production each of the last two years as a sophomore, he had 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns each of the last two years. He had around 907. Right. Production's a little bit lower, but if you watch the film, his quarterback sucked so yeah. bad at trying to get him the ball. So yep. unless unless everybody in the community starts listening to us or somebody big starts talking about Tylen Wallace and he blows up, he's going to be the number one value in rookie drafts. I have no question. I Go agree. and get him. He's a second rounder yeah. in every single mock. Late second yep. in most. He's the best value right now, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys were talking about it on like Tuesday or something. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I got before we record, I need to go watch some tapes. So I was watching last night. Oh my gosh, that is fun to watch. Like John said, if you just yeah. are like bored and you're like, I just want to have some fun and I watch some football, that is who you watch. This dude can make plays and it's unreal. So I like him a lot. To me, he's a first round pick. I think we'll see him in consensus be way lower down the board. So he might be the official like stamp of approval red shirts at Ayuk <laughs> was last. He, he year. might be. I just one last note on him. He is the best leaper high pointer easily oh, yeah. in this class arguably in the last few that dude can climb the ladder with the best of them my note on that uh attribute is in all caps incredible hops can high point the ball miles above the defender and come down with it we saw a film where he was like sitting on the corner's head like yeah. he was that high <laughs> up in the air it was ridiculous nasty. nasty i love it all right boys this player is not going to pop in any of your uh, your nerdy Excel sheets or your models or get that out of my face. Jalen Waddle is a good football player. Yes. Now, he hasn't been doing much because he's been injured. We saw him limp, literally limp on the field uh, in the college football playoff. Hats off to the dude. He is tough. But we can't forget, uh, you know, Devonta Smith, I'm not saying anything negative. He's fantastic. I love him. But Jalen Waddle was the dude before Devonta Smith. He was dynamic in the kickoff return, punt return. You love to see that with a, a guy that has the ball in his hands be able to see the field, create plays, and just make dudes miss. And that's what Jalen Waddle did. I swear, it's like every time you turn on that CBS Saturday afternoon game at like 3.30 on the East Coast, you just randomly pop it on. You're like, walk out of the room, you walk back in, you're like, didn't Jalen Waddle just do that like 10 minutes ago? The answer right. is yes, and he's doing it over and over and over again. Dynamic in space. I just don't want people to forget how good he is. He's as good as Devonta Smith, in my opinion, and you're going to get him way later because of the fact of the injury and all that sort of stuff expecting a full recovery for this guy. So I love Jalen Waddle. To me, I know I said like Tylen Wallace might be the best value right now, but Jalen Waddle, people are, are sleeping right now. Jalen Waddle is the guy I have at three, not a large gap behind Wallace. Uh, and you just heard how much I love Wallace. So I also agree Waddle is very good. I think that the hype on him is uh, significantly higher than Tylen Wallace. So the value oh, still yeah. goes to Tylen Wallace, but I do think Jalen Waddle is going to be a great player. So if you guys are 
sitting at home or in your car or wherever you are and you're listening to this and going, man, there's a running back that hasn't been drafted. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what the hell's going on and who is it? You know what? You're, you're absolutely right. We are way too low on Michael Carter. Hey! <laughs> Michael Carter out of UNC. UNC's backfield, man, if either one of those two guys had the backfield to themselves – um, you picked two guys, haven't you? Two I, took, I took nice. I took both of them. I took Javante Williams and then I took Michael Carter because I don't care. If either one of them had the backfield to themselves, they would have been 1,800 plus yard running backs. But they were contending with each other and each one of them posted over 1,000. And it was ridiculous. And they're so good. Javante Williams was the bigger thumper, um, great vision behind the line. Michael Carter doesn't have elite vision behind the line. But his vision downfield, when he gets to the second level, Michael Carter's vision might be the best that I've seen. It is otherworldly to watch him weave in and out of the secondary and the defense, cut back across the field, like extend plays far beyond what they should have. He's a very, very good running back. Um, He is a little bit slighter of build, but he's still like plenty sturdy. Um, Off the top of my head, I'm thinking he was – 510-205, I think. Yeah, he. I think he came in at 199, like, in season was, like, his playing weight they, that I was reading. And then, like, he measured at the Senior Bowl, and he was, like, 203 or 202 yeah. or something like that. So he was just over 200. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. Um, But I love him. I, I think that he is a, a great running back. I think that he would be um, incredibly good in a zone rushing scheme. I think would would really excel and utilize his skills to the best, but... Um, he's very, very talented. I love him a lot, and I'm going to take him here and don't even start with that Clemson running back. (laughs) (laughs) I love Michael Carter. He's fantastic. Uh, Two things here. One, it's funny because I took the guy that I was afraid John, well, knew John would take with my 109 pick, hoping... How are you doing? And now he just took the guy, the other guy that I was going to take. (laughs) Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, so Michael Carter, I absolutely love. He is my number two running back in this class. I have the North Carolina guys one and two. Sorry to all you Najee and ETN truthers. Um, Great pick. However, having just said that about ETN, I will be the guy to finally do it. uh, Because everybody's freaking out. Why haven't we taken ETN? I think I'm the highest on ETN of the three of us. Betts, you don't like him much either. Is that correct? I have him as my RB3. Okay, so do I. So maybe maybe we're fine. John's just a big hater. But, but to um, me, there's a huge break in tiers where it's the stud wide receivers, in my opinion. But is there, a huge, like, is there a huge break in running backs for you? Yeah. He's probably like in his own little mini tier. Okay. In I the middle. Um, I like ETN a lot. I do not like him as much as the two North, North Carolina guys by probably a decent-ish bit. But I do think he actually is in his own... I guess Betts and I are kind of on the same page here. here. Here's the issue. He does not create for himself behind the line really much at all. And he does not finish his run strong at all. Those are two somewhat glaring weaknesses. However, everything else that I saw on tape is very good. And when you're when you're you know ranking between all these players, they're all going to have a weakness or two here and there, except Tylen Wallace. Um, and Devontae. You're wrong. <laughs> so, when we were watching film, I just gonna when we were watching film, we're watching other wide receivers. We would go, Tylen would never. Yes, <laughs> that was our motto. Um, <laughs> Etn, his weaknesses are concerning, but the level of skill and uh, excellence that he brings in every other aspect of the game is enough for me to still like him a lot. I think he can be an RB one at the NFL level, so I will take him happily at the one twelve. Good luck getting him there in most of your yeah. drafts. Yeah. Uh, feel good about it. I think I'm going to have approximately zero shares of Travis Etienne. I, will have because I don't think I want him. I just don't think I'm willing to pay the price to get him where you have to. Because I agree. I mean, this is like what happens. Like people just assume year over year, you just like insert the players that the take that you had last year about Etienne and insert it this year. Hmm. Well, Clemson lost four or five starters on the offensive line and he did not look like the same guy. So can he create for him, himself at the NFL? I have no idea, mm. but and we're going to talk about ETN in a lot more detail. But his tape is so frustrating. Like every time he plays, it's like, dude, you could have picked up an extra four yards there. Yep. What are you doing? 
Now, granted, he is shot out of a cannon. His speed is fantastic. So yes. will that translate to the NFL? I don't know because dudes are bigger and faster and stronger and maybe not. But to me, he's probably the most landing spot dependent back in the class. Just uh, given that the only I way I will with... like Travis Etienne is San Francisco. And that's it. If he goes to San Francisco, I want to see him with the okay. system where he can catch the football. He's good that's in space. Yes. But if you're asking me to uh, a guy to get to the edge and cut up field to take three yards for your first space. down, he ain't it. No, he I'm saying he's the ball and like then he can... runs straight. But if right. he's I'm in open space, creative space, if he is a creative coach, that's like, dude, yes. here you go. Pick up eight sure. yards on the screen. Pass. He won't Great. get himself in the space, but if he's in it, he'll destroy yes. your face. Exactly. Yes. And that's the opposite yes. of Najee, by the way. And I feel like most people are kind of going to lean strongly one way or the other based off what they like. Like Najee will make him give, get himself five yards that he shouldn't have gotten by dancing back and forth 17 times. But yeah. if you put him in open space, Travis Etienne will be like 70 yards past him in two seconds. So yeah, depends on what yeah, you yeah. I think that, that's probably fair. They are starkly right, boys. different. Uh, yes, we are. They are. We are on to the second round, mm. and we are moving swimmingly through this from a timing perspective. Yes, Very quickly, right. let's recap the first round. It started mm. at the 1.01 with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Zach Wilson, Tylen Wallace, Jalen Waddle, Michael Carter, Travis Etienne. Back to me here at the 2.01. This is a super flex league. I'm going to take Mac Jones here at the 2.01. Okay. He's going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Now, listen, he is a zero in the running game, a literal zero. <laughs> like maybe yeah. he'll be negative on the year in terms of rushing yards. So <laughs> his stealing to me is not as nearly as high as these other quarterbacks. Obviously I have him at uh, four in my quarterback rankings right now, but man, he is an accurate passer of the football. If he goes to a system that kind of lets him, um, you know, stand in the pocket with a good offensive line and then be able to deliver on man coverage. To me, that's where he exceeds uh, expectations, in my opinion. So not the strongest arm, not a mobile quarterback, but can he throw the football accurately? Yes. And if he lands in a good system, he'll be fine. So right now, it's 2.01. I feel pretty good about Mac Jones. It could change based off where he goes, though. Um, but we'll see. He'll definitely have the draft capital to at least try to earn a starting gig in the NFL. Okay. Um, I hate it. I don't love it. This don't is this is a, a hilarious little oddity, and I swear that I'm not doing this on purpose, but I'm just going to take the entire North Carolina offense. Um, this is Deami Brown to me. I love Deami Brown, and this is way higher than consensus. Um, you're going to be able to get Deami Brown in the late second or third of most rookie drafts. Um, that are going to be going on unless something dramatic happens where he shoots up the board. But when I'm watching Deami Brown, um, he is lightning fast off the line. Like his release is ridiculous. And every single time Sam Howell would load it up and chuck it downfield and it was out of the camera frame, I'm going, okay, Deami Brown is five yards behind his defender. Like every single time. And then we'd watch the ball go through the air and come down. And sure enough, there's Deami Brown standing five yards behind his defender running down the sideline. Um, there is definitely some things that different people see about Deami Brown. Um, Okada and I disagree quite a bit when it comes to Deami Brown. But for me, he looks like an elite downfield weapon um, that also is crazy fast in and out of breaks. And I think that he has more versatility to his game than what we've seen on film um, in terms of how they used him and what they asked him to do. But his quickness in and out of his cuts and his speed, the zero to 60 back to zero, like his acceleration and then stop ability is incredible. And he can generate a ton of separation by doing that. So I think he's a very versatile wide receiver. Um, I like him a ton. And for me, he's an easy second round uh, draft pick. Okay, I am in a bit of a tough spot here. I'm actually kind of in a similar spot as I was on that 109 pick where there's a guy I think I should pick or I would recommend, not even recommend. There's a guy who's the best player to pick here, but I don't think I need to. And this time I really don't think I need to because I, I'm almost positive he won't get picked. So I'm going to take another guy that I think is a little bit more likely to get picked. A wide receiver that I have six spots higher than Deami Brown in my wide receiver rankings. And, and this is where it's going to get a bit cray-cray, so sit down, an LSU receiver that I have two spots above Jamar Chase. Yes. In my Ooh. wide receiver rankings. 
Terrace Marshall Jr. I prefer to Jamar Chase. I wouldn't say by a significant margin at all. However, I do prefer him. I think he is more well-rounded. I think he does almost everything pretty well. The only real problem I saw is a lot of concentration drops. And yep. that's not like a huge deal to me. Because uh, the rest of the talent and the physical gifting is 100% there. The size-speed combo with Terrace Marshall might be the best in this class. Uh, it's up there for sure. 6'4", 200. But he is in stride. Fast. Yes. And he accelerates extremely well. So... Uh, to me, he feels like one of the most well-rounded guys. He's my number four receiver. And I think he's going to be like uh, a fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver one type of upside guy where he hangs in that like 12 to 15 range for a long time and gives you really reliable production. Yes, please. He's sort of the forgotten man in that offense. Everyone talks about obviously Chase and... CEH last year and Justin Jefferson. It's like, yeah, don't forget about this dude. He's he's pretty darn good too. Uh, I like that call. Um, it's time for Rashad Bateman to come off the board at this mm. pick. I'll let I you. I mean, yeah, at this point, you guys I know are super high on him. I think he is a player who has a really wide range of outcomes. I will say that. Mm. However, you look at, again, what he did with another NFL receiver across the field and Tyler Johnson at Minnesota. And he produced. Um, if you like breakout age, he fits that bill for sure. He's got really good size, over six feet tall, about two. I have the notes here, 10. Um, so good size for a perimeter wide receiver. That's what he is. He's uh, lined up at the X, go up and get it type of receiver. Big plays on tape, but I do think he probably needs to clean up his route running a little bit. I do think he struggled with some drops from what I saw. But still, I mean, he, he fits a lot of the things that I look for in a receiver that could potentially be an alpha in the right system and with the right quarterback. So in the second round for Rashad Bateman, I'm going to smash that all day. Well, here's the thing. We're going to end every single player that we talk about. I mean, in the second round, Yeah, that's, that's how this goes. Cause this class is so, so damn good. Like I love the second round. I am going and acquiring second round draft picks wherever I can right now, because I'm trying to get ahead of people that haven't necessarily done all the film study and all the digging yet. Um, Okada, I'm going to snipe you. I already know. No. I do know what you're doing. I'm going with no. No! Tyler Hill, God. I love. Um, yeah, man. Running back out of uh, uh, Texas A&M. Um, Why you do this? No, Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Sorry, the other Maroon school. Um yes. Kylan Hill is so good and he's so underrated and people are sleeping on him, but do not make that mistake. Um, he is very well, well built. He runs with so much energy and aggression on every single run. Like he finishes every single play. He never takes a rep off. He's incredibly agile. He has breakaway speed. He is physical. Um, the effort I think sets him apart. And not only that, but he is like the best pass protection running back I've ever seen. He is elite in blitz pickup. Every single time he is stonewalling free running linebackers. And he did it in one-on-one drills at the senior bowl as well. There was a rep where it was a one-on-one drill with the running back and the linebacker. The linebacker comes crashing down and the dude just like set his feet and was like, forget it. Like you're not going to get to the quarterback. That ability to stay on the field in third down, no matter what they're trying to do, whether it's a designed pass or a designed run, or he's going to go out and catch, or he's going to stay in and pass protect, um, is incredibly valuable to me. Um, he projects as a three-down running back to me. Um, I'm very excited about him, and I think that he had a very, very nice senior bowl showing, which helped his draft stock. I expect him to be a day-two pick, um, and I think that he is going to uh, exceed expectations quite a bit. You guys want to play a game real quick? Sure. Yeah. This game is called Kylan Hill or dot, dot, dot. Kylan Hill. Looked at the best the best season of these top running backs in their career. So their most uh, productive season as far as rushing yards, touchdowns, that kind of thing. Okay. Best game. season in college. Kylan Hill or Michael Carter? Mm, Kylan Hill. Kylan. Nailed it. Kylan Hill, Najee Harris. Mm. Kylan Hill. 
season, but now she did. Probably because uh, maybe this last. I don't know. That's tough. I'll go. I'll go. Kylan Hill. No, Najee. Ah, I tricked you guys. No one. All right, Kylan Hill, close. Travis Etienne. E. What are we including receiving numbers? No, this is rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Then Kylan, Kylan Hill. Hill. Oh, sad times for you boys. Dang it. <laughs> I just I was curious if if you guys thought that he was in that light or not. Uh, but he had a dang good season over 1300 yards in 2019. Yeah. Very productive. Oh, that's right cuz Travis Etienne had 1600. Yeah, he had a, just an unreal season that's when they that's made that's the college football player playoff every single year. Um yeah, but no one's talking about this dude. So I, I think he's a great value again in the second round. <laughs> and in the SEC as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he went against good competition. This isn't someone that was going against, you know, schlups in the Sunbelt Conference. Um, he did that on a bad team against good defenses. And I, I think that his ability and his production, he's very Cam Akers to me in the way that, like, his production profile does not match his ability to me, where his ability is way better than what he produced because of the system and the offense that he was on. I also think his ability is better than Cam Akers. I do too. I think he's a better running back than Cam. Um, well, I was so tilted by John stealing my pick that I didn't even use the last three minutes of his soliloquy to pick my next <laughs> player in my head. So now I'm in a real hole. While I pretend to think about that, let me just say about Kylan Hill that I forgot it, myself who loves him. I forgot to think about him when I was saying that Tylen Wallace is the best value in this draft. Kylan Hill might be more of a value and he is undeniably the best value at the running back position i have him bets just gave some names and asked if he was in that light production wise aka the carter etn light i think he's in that light scouting wise that's that's what that's the note i have i have mid first in the carter to etn range that's how good i think he is and you do not have to get close to that to draft him so his value is going to be massive easily the best uh, full three down back in this class. Moving on. I will resort to a wide receiver. I think there's a, a bit of maybe a tear break here because I really, really would have liked to get Kylan Hill. And now I'm going to go down to a guy that's I really like still, but is not on that level. And that's Kadarius Toney. Uh, wide receiver out of Florida. He is, uh, without question to me, and I say to me because... I haven't really heard anyone else say this to the degree that I have yet, especially Betts. I think he is the best route runner in this class, and I don't know if it's particularly close. He is disgusting. If you want to watch overall a, a super fun wide receiver tape, go watch Tylen Wallace. But if you just want, if you just feel like, you know what, I'm feeling like I want to watch some Stefan Diggs route running, go watch Kadarius Tony. He is juking people out of their socks and their pants. And their cleats, pretty much their entire <laughs> uniform, naked on the is le- yes, <laughs> is left on the field, and they're lying on the ground because he also broke their ankles. So it's a really embarrassing situation for any DB he goes up against. Naked he does on not. The I did not Hate think he it. had great hands. I no, I have adequate for his hands, which is not good. However, that's the only weakness that I have marked down in my notes, and the high points for him are crazy high. I think he could be one of the big steals of this draft and end up like uh, one of the best route runners in the NFL to where he's playing a Stefan Diggs, maybe a Stefan Diggs Vikings kind of role for your fantasy team. I don't know if he could get to the Stefan Diggs Bills level where he's the number one wide receiver, but he could get close possibly in the right situation with a great quarterback. I think he's incredibly explosive and his route running is insane. So I really, really like Kadarius Tony and, I'm very happy to get him in the second round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the this is a fun part of the draft. Uh, I like Kadarius Tony. I think, and again, we talk about it all the time with these wide receivers that can make plays in space in the return game. He was fantastic at Florida in that role. So yeah, he's he's fun. He kind of profiles to me as like a rock solid PPR wide receiver too. That you know, yeah, like that and they're like, oh, I don't want that. I always want the wide receiver one. You need wide receiver twos on your roster to win in dynasty. So to yeah. me, he's a great pick in the second round. I was eyeing him here if you did not take him. So, love the call. All right, boys, the time has come. I mean, I don't know how Rondell Moore gets this far down the board Mm. in any draft. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying in any draft, he won't be here. I'm going to take him here uh, in the middle of the second round. 
he is a guy that if you listen to people talk about breakout age, they absolutely love it. They drool over it for Rondell Moore because he came in as a freshman and just produced out of the gate. And yes, he's very athletic. Yes, he is explosive. Yes, he is just fantastic. If he was doing the combine this year, he would probably break it. Like he's oh, yeah, he's a workout high. warrior for sure. Like that dude, yes. he, can, he can squat 600 pounds. There's a video of him doing it. Yes, it hurts to watch. Yes. Uh, but it's he's he's that type of player. So that's what you're getting with this guy. But he's kind of, to me, was a guy where the offense was like schemed around getting him the ball and mm. then just letting him go. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying I didn't really see much of it. Uh, he doesn't have expanded route tree. He hasn't really shown the ability to beat press coverage, those sort of things. So what is he going to do in the NFL level? I have no idea. I'm intrigued to see where he goes in the NFL draft. So I think that might tell us a lot about what teams think of this guy. But when right. you just talk about the best like athlete in the class, to me, it's this dude. So the upside's there, but again, huge wide range of outcomes. But as you'll hear us say in the second round, that's perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, I don't hate that at all. Um, there's a video that he just posted uh, to his social medias with a 42 inch vert, which is yeah. unreal. Wow, wow, wee, wow. Like that's that's dumb. Um, hmm. I've got a couple different ways that I can go. Um, let me look through my notes here really quick. I, hmm, I'll tell you what. I am going to go to the number two tight end in this class. I'm going to take me some. Oh, wow. I think that Brevin Jordan is being completely ignored and slept on because of Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is a unicorn. I love him. He's in contention for the best skill player in this draft class. He's that good. But in any other class, Brevin Jordan would be a clear-cut first tight end off the board kind of guy. He's phenomenal. He is so athletic. Um, He's so long. He's lean. He's in that same kind of tight end build as your Kyle Pitts, as your Darren Waller. He's he's that like long, rangy, you know, uh, extend the arms and, and catch kind of guy. Um, I really like him. And I think that he is someone that is going to potentially take, you know, more of that traditional two years or so to develop as the tight end, maybe even three in the NFL. Um, but I think that he possesses the athleticism and the ability after the catch, as well as the hands in, in, uh, traffic to, to profile as being a very good tight end and someone that could potentially be a breakout guy and get into that top three to five range in his career. Um, so I like Brevin Jordan a lot. Um, and I think a mid second round value on him works just fine for me. I haven't seen much about him as far as like NFL drafts mock stuff like where where does he project to go do you know i'd say day two i think he goes day two yeah he's not i don't think he's gonna go in the first but um i could easily see someone spending a second round draft pick on him yeah that'd be plenty of draft capital Mm -hmm. all right cool brocada Ooh, i'm in another tough spot between two guys um and i think it's kind of that you would never want to be there i know I think it's I think it's the same sort sort of situation where one of them is more more likely to be taken. So I'm trying to decide which one to take. You know what? I'm going to go by my own my own round uh, grade on them and take the guy that I graded a little bit higher. And I'm going to take a running back named Trey Sermon. Wow! Out of Ohio State. Yes, I was not expecting that. Johnny Pooh was not expecting it, and nor will most people be expecting it, I don't think. The production, hashtag not there. He did not have a single thousand-yard rushing season. Okay, I can't, I will not try to deny that. Hashtag not there. However, this is, my, this is my dynasty rookie round grade on him. Late first between Najee and Gainwell. And I have Najee very low. Yeah, I really like Trey Sermon. Um, he is, he is, let me just think if I, after watching him, I thought anybody else was better. The answer is no. He is the best running back through contact in this entire class. He is elite. He does not go down. Yes. He is a a beast. (laughs) And oh God, it's so funny behind the line. Not great. Not great vision. Okay. He might, he might need to get some good blocking. Okay. It's, it's, it's likely that he needs to get good blocking. However, 
if he gets even a a small hole, he will destroy it. And then he will destroy whoever else he finds at the second level. And I feel like for me, I'm leaning further and further away from guys who are going to dance around behind the line for seven years. The, very, very well. Like Najee Harris' ability to dance behind the line is incredible. But if I have to choose between that and then, okay, now he finally gets to the line of scrimmage and he can gain two more yards, or the guy who's going to get smashed behind the line pretty often because he can't find the hole or dance away from contact, but then once he gets to the hole, he destroys everybody. I'm leaning more and more in my tape watching to that second kind of guy, and Trey Sermon is the epitome of that to me. So I'm going to take Trey Sermon here. You probably don't have to in your rookie drafts. You don't, I did, probably I didn't have no, to I think here. You, will. you think so? I think, I've, I think I've to take him higher. Really? People like Trey Sermon, dude. Okay, well, they like him for good reason. I, I feel like hmm. he's not getting as hyped as a, a couple other running backs that still haven't gone and a couple other receivers that still haven't gone. But I like him a lot, so I will take him here happily. I did an industry mock uh, about two weeks ago, and he went at the 112. Really? Wow. I was shocked. Okay. I had not seen that, but that is the right place for him, IMO. So good job, industry. Well, now, it, granted, it was a single quarterback, but still. Okay, so that pushes him to like the 205, 204 yeah, two, range. Yeah, early second. Interesting. Okay. Mid-second. We'll talk about him in more detail. Huh. I don't know what to think about the guy. I, there's just so much inconsistency on tape. Like I don't, I don't know. We'll talk about it in more detail soon. But I think again, this this, this class, the depth is unreal. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to take him at two point oh nine. Don't get me wrong. Okay. The two ten is back to me. I have one more selection to make in this draft class, and I am going to go with Elijah Moore. This dude profiles again so as good. a PPR type of stud. Now I think he's a, a guy that people that have been you know, watching a lot of college football or that have been kind of scouting these guys already know about Elijah Moore, but there are probably people listening to the show that are like, who the heck is that? Played for Ole, played for Ole Miss. He is a guy you that said I said Old Spice. Is. You were going to say Old Spice. <laughs> <laughs> you rode in on the horse. Uh, no, he Look at your is... Now back at me. Now back at your map. Yeah. He's another guy that I think um, is just kind of scratching the surface because I feel like the scheme there at Ole Miss was like, not what we saw with DK Metcalf a couple years ago where they were like, all right, dude, go, and we're going to throw it to you. They kind of designed ways to get him the ball in and around the line of scrimmage, but he can also get downfield for explosive plays too. So to me, I think people profile him because he's a little bit smaller. He's, you know, plays in the slot. Like, they're like, okay, he's just that, like, short air yardage guy. That is not the truth with Elijah Moore. He's a fantastic wide receiver. I have him well above this in my ranks. I probably should have taken him earlier, honestly, but I kind of forgot he was there. So uh. 10 Give me Elijah Moore, a guy that I'm definitely higher on, I feel like, than a lot of people. He is hashtag good. Hashtag good. Um, fun fact, um, when A.J. Brown was there at Ole Miss, he subbed himself out for Elijah Moore so that Elijah Moore could get his first career reception, which was a touchdown. Nice. Love that. I didn't know that, so I learned something new today. Fun, fun things. Um uh, this is tough for me, and I think it's tough for me because I start going into the thought process of, oh, I only have one more pick to make instead of looking at this as like an actual where I'm ranking these guys. Um, oh, this is tough, though. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go with Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I think it's time that he comes off the board. Um, the guy is crazy explosive. His production was insane in 2019. Um before opting out this year. And I think that's why he's kind of going as a little bit of a forgotten guy. He is a little smaller. He's 5'11", 194, so he's a little light. Maybe he's been working out this year and got himself up to 200. We'll see. Um, but last year, he had 1,459 rushing yards for 13 touchdowns and 51 receptions for 610 yards. Hmm. Um, he was a 2,000 scrimmage yard guy last year 51 receptions i love um he's a three down back easily at the next level he's the reason why antonio gibson didn't get touches was because he was on the field instead of antonio gibson um he's very good he's very explosive he has good balance he has good agility he runs with good pad level um i think he runs bigger than he is he runs strong um and I, I just think that it's going to come down to 
draft capital and how they view these players coming off of a year away from the game. Um, I This is a weird situation that we've never had to deal with unless someone was injured. But now they got to evaluate these players with no scouting combine and no film for the last year. Does he still look like he did a year ago? I don't know. And I don't know if NFL teams are going to know either. So it's possible that some of these guys that opted out might slide on draft day. And we're just going to have to kind of wait and see. But as of now, what I see on film and what I see in production from him is a very good running back. Um, I have him graded as an early second, so I'm happy to get him here. Um, I think that he's a really talented guy. Um, he's a good running back. And I think that as we're starting to approach here, the late second, as we're getting close to the third, you're looking for upside picks. And I think that the upside, especially in the receiving game, is very high on Kenneth Gainwell, and I'll take that risk. Well, uh, I don't know if every draft is going to go like this to where I can get a player like the guy I'm about to pick at the 212. But if it is, I am going to trade every pick I have for second round picks because this is insane. This second round is incredible. Um, I'm going to take Amon Ross St. Brown. That was the one that I was debating between. Was in my Out of life. USC. I think that for me, he is the end of a tier of wide receivers um, that is well above the tier of running backs we've already broken into. I will say that I consider Trey Lance here. He should be mentioned in a super flex. But I would rather have Amon Ross St. Brown, who I have graded as a late first, a late dynasty first. He, he, he might have the best hands in this class, but if he doesn't, they're very, very, very good. Um, and he's also very explosive, both before and after the catch. Very good accelerator. Very tough. One major issue. Massive. Especially when you only watch four games and you see as many as you did. His concentration drops issues are embarrassing. Like, he, we're talking he makes Nelson Aguilar like, look silly. We saw like six or seven in four games. He was horrible. And I know they were all concentration drops because of how good I saw his hands be throughout the rest of everything else. So I don't know why that is, and I'm hoping it can get fixed by coaching, but it was awful. However, everything else aside from that is really, really nice. I think he is a dangerous red zone threat. Very, very he, – he could be a 10-touchdown guy at the NFL level. And if you look at his production, just gross production – you don't see that necessarily in his stats, but I will say that as a junior last year, he only played six games and he had seven touchdowns. So you see, you see a full season there and you're looking at a 12, 13, 14 touchdown guy and you see that it is there. That ability is there. So I saw it on tape. I think it could have shown up on stats and I think we we are likely to see it at the NFL level. Big touchdown potential for me. I would really like to see him go to the Ravens for the Ravens. I don't know if I'd love to see him that for him for himself, but I think the Ravens should pick him and I think they can probably get him on day two, no problem. Probably. Um, but I really like him. And, yeah, I'm going to – as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go trade everything I have for second-round picks because this is nonsense. That's I would yeah. have, Told you. I would have liked him at the 112 in this a normal draft. I think is helpful in some aspects. Like, oh, who do we have as the one versus the two versus the three in our rankings? And we'll do all that stuff in the next several weeks. But the take-home for this, what you need to know, listeners, is the second round is unreal. Yeah. Craig Gray. It's the best second-round second rookie I've, like, ever. Yep, that I've been a part of. In some seasons, this is, like, a first-round in and of itself. Yes. Um, depending on the draft class. So that is – oh, I got to do a trade more seconds. I traded for a couple yesterday. I'm going to do it again tonight. Um, fellas, fantastic show. Real quick, I'll just close this out by saying there's a couple names that I think we should mention that people are like, oh, where's this guy? Where's that guy? Okada mentioned Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about him in the future. Pat Fryermuth did not get selected. I was waiting mm-hmm. to hear his name go. Yep. Um, who else here? Let's see. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, running back, did not go. Chuba Jamar Hubbard. Bridge, Chuba Hubbard, Seth Williams, Sucks. Kyle Pass. There's a lot of guys that I think are still good values in the third. So you could potentially get some early third round uh, dart throws that we like there as well. But more of that in the coming weeks. Fellas, the first rookie mock of the year wow. in the books. Listeners, very Are important. Are we going to tweet this to see who won? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at RichardsFFPod. You can also follow the Ball Blast account at BallBlastFB. On the website, we just released rookie profiles for everyone. They are fantastic. Oh. Eight behind the scenes has been absolutely crushing. I'm pretty sure she doesn't sleep. 
Um, check them out. If you want our full scouting notes, like this is the Cliff's Notes version. There's, you know, all the players you want. The, the, the scouting notes are there. Go to Patreon, patreon.com slash ballblast. That's how you get access to that. Fellas, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the weekend. Until next time, we're the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.